Every gamer has that one game they want all of their friends to play. Maybe it's old. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's obscure. Or maybe it's the game that everyone is playing. Whatever it is, it's that one game you love to talk about. Join us as we ask each other to try this game. Adam, do you like leading armies to victory and or defeat? Oh, yes. Specifically the latter, because I do that much more often. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, you know, the the total war games we're talking about are proof positive that I absolutely should never be a general. Despite (laughs) having a BA in ancient and medieval history and a minor in military history, I suck at this. But I love these games. I absolutely adore them. They're made by Creative Assembly, which is in England. They've been published by Sega and a bunch of different publishers over the years. The first one, Shogun Total War, came out in June 2000. They're available for Steam. I think some of them are on, well, at least one of them's on the Epic Store, mm-hmm. uh, the most recent one, Troy. But this is pretty much a Steam thing. And actually, Empire, to- Empire Total War is the reason I wound up getting a Steam account. Because even oh, though really? I bought it, yeah, even though I bought it digitally through another now gone storefront called direct to drive you that's uh, it was part of file planet yeah i think uh, i remember that one yeah you used to buy it and then they would just provide you with the file and the, the yeah. problem was that if you needed uh, patching you had to go download the patches right. for this one you paid them for it and then they just sent you to steam went like, wow shit so at that point i just went to steam <laughs> but at these total war games the very first one uh shogun total war i swear to god is was a complete, I won't say ripoff, but based off of a board game that was called Shogun and then eventually renamed Samurai Swords because the the asshole author James Clavell sued them. He wrote the book Shogun, which was just a bad historical drama. But anyway, the idea of all these games is the same. So I'll just describe Shogun Total War. You have a map of medieval Japan in what was called the Jengoku Jidai, the period of the country at war. It was a 150 year civil war. All the big samurai legends pretty much come out of that. So you get this map and it's everything's divided into provinces. You choose a, a family which will control usually one or two provinces. You and sort of like in civilization, you build, you know, granaries and marketplaces and, and barracks and, and horse training and you know archer this and archer that. And you upgrade your forces. You have access to better forces. Your armies are represented by they look like little pawns, almost like you would have for uh, like Risk. But when you want to play the battle, it zooms down into the battle and you control the formations of of your troops on the field. So there's the strategic and the tactical map. And these guys have been all over the place. There was medieval total war, which was medieval Europe. There was Rome total war. I'll let you guess which the, where that was. Uh, there was empire total war, which was warfare in the 1700s. Napoleon total war. Again, I'll let you guess on that one. Oh my, what else was there? Um, they did Rome to Shogun to medieval to. There was the smaller campaigns there was one thrones of britannia which is like pre-norman britain and then there was the most recent one which you got for free to keep if you claimed it the first 24 hours on the epic store and that was total war troy which is about the trojan war and of course the big ones these days everyone plays is total war warhammer total war warhammer 2 and coming soon to a theater near you total war warhammer 3 the warhammiest You know, and those were obviously the, they were the, you know, the Warhammer fantasy games. Oh, and there's also Three Kingdoms, 
which was the first one to mix fantasy elements because it's based on the romance of the three kingdoms which was a uh, an extremely popular ancient Chinese novel, or maybe it's medieval, about this actual war. So you can play it in an historical fashion, or you can have like hero commanders, sort of like the characters from the novels, and they can take out whole armies. And it's, you know, they're all very cool. And while they've become more advanced, they're all essentially the same thing the strategic maps and the tactical battles. Now, here's the dirty secret I haven't played the strategic game since the original Shogun in 2000. I, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. I only ever play the battles, and yet I own every one of these games except Thrones of Britannia. So, which of these have you played? Have you played? I mean, I assume you played some of them. Yeah. Uh, so I had, um, I think it was uh, Total War. It was. It was one of the ones that's based in uh, in and around the UK, and okay. uh, so then medieval I. Or it was it was one of the older ones it was okay. you could only play it in letterbox and and so i realized like this is this is not going to work and i actually this was a while ago and i really did want to give the total war series a fresh mm -hmm. go so i had to look around and what was newest was warhammer 2. Yeah. and so i said you know what i like fantasy i want to give this game a go let's let's jump into this i'm not uh, as we've established on the show i'm not a super big warhammer lore nerd so that wasn't the big draw for me here yeah, me but as i did find as with 40k, I did very much enjoy playing the goblins in this game. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's a they really did a good job with the warhammers, didn't they? Like they everyone did. is unique. Like the goblins, or not the goblins, the orcs have what was it called? A uh, smashiness or something like that. Wog. Wog. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know the the vampires have corruption, and like yeah. everyone plays very differently, which is super cool. Like you could really play every faction of which there's in warhammer 2 my god how many are there this oh point? there's like 20 I'm pushing 20 yeah yeah that's the neat thing about the warhammers like you bought warhammer 1 and it came mm -hmm. with however many races and then there was i think two or three major dlc packs like 20 bucks a piece that added whole new races yeah then you bought warhammer 2 and all the races you owned from warhammer 1 were available yep. to you and if you owned both games you got access to a combined overall strategic map and when Warhammer 3 comes out, it'll be the same. So mm -hmm. even so now you like once Warhammer 3 comes out, you'll no longer have to install Warhammer 1 or 2. The Steam knows you have them and it knows what races you have and it makes them all available. So they make it worthwhile that every three years they're making you buy a full on $80 game and probably another $80 in DLC. But you get to keep using it. You're not you never have to buy things again. Yeah, it's it's absolutely fantastic. They've done yeah, such a good job with how they've, you know, specifically that series. Because I mean, yeah. you you can have a look at the other ones. Like I know uh, Troy, in and of itself, is very it's its insular story, but it's got mm -hmm. some neat settings where you can have, hey, let's play this in the most realistic setting possible, or let's crank up the fantasy elements a little bit, and we've got some of the like the Grecian myth monsters and gods and yeah. heroes. And... Well, because the story of Troy is very much this the the story of the god. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was that Brad Pitt movie, Troy, which is very good, but it was disappointing because the gods weren't involved. And that's kind of the whole point. Like when the stories were told, it's Zeus mm -hmm. telling Ares, will you get off the field of battle and let these people deal with themselves? And he gets all sulky. And, you know, it's like the gods are part of it. So it was kind of neat to be able to put all that stuff in there. And I think the, uh, the Warhammer ones were kind of their practice. How yeah. can we add hero units? Same with Three Kingdoms. Uh, which mm -hmm. is Chinese warfare, and that one's super, super interesting. All these games are really good, and what it comes down to is, 
you pick it's sort of like another game we're going to talk about today assassin's creed which is when people ask me which one should i get i always say get the one whose setting most interests you yeah like don't get medieval get medieval too don't get shogun get shogun 2 rome 2 actually that one's kind of garbage they never quite <laughs> they never got it to work right but it's so much so that they've remastered the original rome so i'd actually say go do that one but you know rome 2 is okay it's just it's not great and you have to download a ton of mods to make frankly make the game work right because sure. the fans didn't abandon these games which is another thing to note these things all have great mod support so you go to the steam workshop and you're golden you can get whatever the hell you want right you know i really like these games like i never I really keep wanting to get back into the strategic games because they're a lot of fun. But I, when I tried it with the the Warhammer one, I tried Warhammer 2, there's so much information on the, the strategic map and you're never quite sure where the borders of the provinces are. And I kept hoping for a map like the original Shogun, which looked like it was just drawn. Right. It, it didn't look like a 3D miniature. Okay. And I maybe that's part of why I didn't like it, that I didn't know what the hell was going on. It was hard to keep track of what the hell I was supposed to doing and why are you giving me quests? Why can't I just play the campaign? And so I never did those, but the battles I love. Right. Uh, there's something very cool about, you know, playing the Battle of Agincourt, you know, the English versus the French or setting up something crazy. Like Medieval 2 had a, an expansion that added the New World. So the Spanish conquistadors and the Aztecs and the Mayans. So one of my favorite things to do is take this. There's one map. It's a huge stone bridge over a river. Oh, okay, and I choose, cool. I choose English knights. And my opposition is uh, the Aztecs. Right. Who, of course, have no armor. Yeah. And then I just and it becomes like this meat grinder of me trying to keep them from getting off the bridge and pouring arrows into them. And, you know, these Aztec <laughs> warriors, like they're badass and no, yeah. they don't have metal armor because they are, you know, they were a Stone Age culture, but they were a badass high tech Stone Age culture. Oh, yeah. They are not a pushover. Like I've never won, but I've come close to losing a couple times on that scenario. But, <laughs> you know, it's super cool because you have, you know, you, you have all sorts of different cavalry. And when they got into Empire Total War, they would add specific regiments. You could have like the Coldstream Guards or things like that. And, okay. you know, you can choose how big your forces are. You, you know, you choose the weather conditions, the nighttime or daytime, which all makes a difference. And, you know, you're using catapults or cannons or muskets or rifles or whatever. And it's it's fabulous. You know, I, I keep hoping they'll come up with a like a mixture where you could set like, you know, Napoleonic era British riflemen versus, you know, like Roman legions. I think that yeah. would be cool as hell. That would be interesting. I'm kind of surprised they haven't done something like that, like uh, a time traveler uh, they, Total War game. Yeah, they tried some sort of free to play thing when the free, you know, when free to play like League, League of Legends, when those are at their height and they beta tested it and then they gave up on it and shuffled it off to another developer and they poked at it for another six months and then threw up their hands and went, ah, forget it. I forgot even what it was called, Total War something. I forget what it was. I mean, I beta tested it. It was amusing, but it was, you know, because it's free to play, it's monetary. Sure. So you want a better commander? Well, you can pay for that. Like, oh, come on, you know? Yeah, and, and really at the end of the day, nobody nobody enjoys that style of play where you, you're just forking over more and more and more cash to get all the things until you've spent $300 on the stupid game. Yeah, like, you know, that's the one thing that I, I will call out Creative Assembly on, which is that they have a stupid amount of DLC, and some of it is just stupid. Yeah. Like, they'll release 
large $15, $20 packs of DLC with full races. I will pay for those because then I want access to those races. Sure. But then, then they'll release these stupid $10 packs where they give you two leaders. Like each faction already has four or five different leaders that have different attributes. Why, why are you making me pay for more? You know, there's always the blood, they call it the blood god. Yes, uh, yes DLC, which is god. just gore. But the worst was like Rome too, where if you wanted access to all the Roman units possible, you owed you them another 30 bucks in DLC. Really? And it's like, you know, just, you know, if you, if you're going to take all that, wrap it all together in one DLC packet and sell it at one shot or raise the damn price of the game 10 bucks and be done with it. Yeah. They're still working on the whole DLC thing. I get it. They can't afford to just release one game every three years. They have to keep the flow going. But at the same time, come on. Or how about this? How about offer a season's pass? That would here's be really the, nice. Here's the season's pass for Total War Warhammer 3. It's an extra 30 bucks. You're going to get everything. You don't have to worry about it. But no, they keep poking you for five bucks here and 10 bucks here. And that's, you know, I know I'm going to be, I'm a sucker. I'm going to wind up buying Total War or Warhammer 3, the Warhammiest. And I'll buy all, <laughs> and I'll buy all the races. But I'll be damned if I'm going to buy any of those leaders because I don't know any of them. I don't know the lore. Yeah. But they've shown a willingness to tinker. Warhammer 2 includes, they call it, I think it's the laboratory where you can create. Bat, it's free, and, and and you can create battles with like ten thousand troops. Oh yeah, yeah. Or you, you can make troops that are like giants. I mean, they're already giants, but you can make like giant goblins or everything really small. And it's, it's sort of like they. What was the name of that crazy Total War knockoff where you have like Jedi versus U.S. Marines and Total War? To totally accurate battle simulator. That sounds yeah. That's at tabs. They looked at tabs and said, let's do that in Warhammer 2. And yeah. they did, but they make a point. <laughs> like, this could blow up your computer because we're throwing RAM limits to the winds here. Use it your own discretion. But Which, I will hand it to them that they, they add some fun with it. Oh, yeah. And I mean, let's let's be honest here. If you want to run these games, you need something that's relatively substantial if you want to crank up settings on this. Like, they are... Yeah gorgeous absolutely beautifully rendered games the the ability to just zoom in as close as you can and see individual units fighting and then zoom right back out to a tactical overhead map yeah. it will chug if you are oh, not yeah. running decent specs yeah like i'm running i mean as we know sort of you know a four-year-old or a three-year-old laptop mm -hmm. and shogun 2 i can do at yeah. most at pretty much max settings and i've zoomed in a few times and watching individual samurai wailing away on each other and mm -hmm. you know watching you know individual soldiers climbing up ladders and getting tossed off or getting over and fighting on the parapets it's so cool but yeah you need a system to run this game the older ones not so much yeah and they all you know they have every option in the world like these are pc games at their core so you can really tinker with the visuals and even at their lowest setting they look fine it's not glorious, but yeah, you, you know, if you got a gaming rig, like a serious gaming rig, go buy one of these games. Yeah, go find one that's that's on sale. I mean, we're gonna have the the Steam Winter Sale coming up, and not all that long. And I'm sure that we can find the generation or two past Warhammer games that'll go on for you know thirty percent off or something. Jeez, oh, even the most even the most current one, they'll usually sell for something off because they're making yeah. money off these things. So. Just to wrap it up, are, do you think you're going to try a campaign on any of these at some point? 
I mean, I, I usually try campaigns. Uh, that's what I usually do with at least the Warhammer ones is I'll I'll start a campaign and, and get a ways into it and then get distracted and, and fall off of it. I always I always find that I have more of an investment in games when I when I do the campaign. I've never been much of just a skirmish player. Yeah. Um, but that's just kind of the way that games games keep a hold for me but yeah absolutely i'm gonna i'm gonna keep coming back to these games they're very fun there's ways to play them where it's very tactical and strategic and high-minded you know in, in warhammer 2 for example the one that i've played you know playing like the elves where you have a very regimented system versus playing the goblins where you just you know face rush everybody in there and then have have archers and you call it a day because that's what they yeah. do you should try the Tomb Kings. They're undead mummies, and they're very cool. I don't know if I've actually got that DLC or not. <laughs> that was the first... When I heard of that, that DLC, I went, oh my god, I'm so in. Yeah. Um, and they're very cool. I, You know, I, I'll probably try again, but mostly I'm just happy with the battles. But, That's uh, fair. Yeah. So, there it is. There it is. All right, Farron, do you want to play a game where the developers looked at it the first time they made it and said, we can do better, blew the whole thing up and remade it again? Um, uh, is it anime? It it definitely is very anime. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it and talk today about <laughs> Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> Originally titled and released as Final Fantasy Online, it was published and developed by Square Enix, headed by Naoki Yoshida, who has stayed as the head of the project through all this time and dragged this thing back out of the mud. So uh, initially this was released on Windows and PS3. The PS3 is no longer supported and you can still find it on the PS4 and PS5. Initially this came out September 30th, 2010 to god-awful reviews. Nobody thought that this game was good. If you talked about Final Fantasy XIV, it was that game that suckers played because they bought into it and didn't know how bad it was beforehand. Huh. And the devs did something that was incredible, unprecedented with an MMO. They took the reviews, they took the criticism, and they blew up the game. Quite yeah. literally, they ended this the first 1.0 with an apocalypse. A giant moon crashes into the planet and resets the entire thing. They deus ex machina for why the why the game can continue on afterwards. Uh, they even make references to the players that played the game beforehand, and then they re-released it and completely rebuilt it from the ground up with a, a new engine, new servers, better gameplay, interface, rewritten story, everything. Mm -hmm. So they, they killed the original November 2012, and then 2.0 launches on August 27th, 2013. And everything about the game was better i mean the music was was always good even back in 1.0 yeah. but the the interface for the game is better the story is better the visuals are better the the mechanics are better the frame rate is you know stable yeah. and sits above 15 frames uh yeah exactly right and so far it's received three expansions with the fourth one titled endwalker coming later this year uh one of the things that i think really defines this game and i i didn't come up with this i can't recall off the top of my head who defined the game this way but 
a lot of us play MMORPGs, massively online role-playing games. This game is an RPG MMO, where it puts the role-playing of the player first, with the MMO elements secondary to that. So I've been playing a whole bunch of this game over the past like four months now, but tell me about your experience with it so far. Okay, so I should I should first note that when I saw the original trailer like back in the day, mm-hmm. which was you know, these people sitting around a what looked like a pub laying down cards, and every time they laid down a card, you'd see a little scene of that fight. I thought this looked really neat. And I was actually kind of interested in this game, even though I'm not really a fan of the Final Fantasy games. I've tried. Mm-hmm. I played Final Fantasy VII a bit. I played. Uh, what was the one with the cool little uh, guys with the wizard's hats? Nine? nine? Nine, yeah. I tinkered with that. I, I could never really get into them. Fair. But I thought I'd try this one, and then I, I heard the game was a you know a, a festering carcass. <laughs> so I stayed away, and then I just sort of never went back, and I never looked. So when you suggested trying it, you know, I went online, I, uh, I signed up for an account, and then left it for a month. And when I went to play it, I'd forgotten my username. So this, you know, the standard thing you click on, forget username or password, yeah. and it cleverly only lets you reset your your password and never ever tells you your your username. So you guys are amazing. That's a, that's fucking brilliant. So after setting up a new account with a new email address, I downloaded the game, and then I got stuck watching this endless goddamn cutscene. Then I spent 20 minutes making a character, very cool character creator. Yep. Some of those races, that's some furry fetish shit there. I just, <laughs> I stuck with the elf. Thank you. Fair. Uh, then I went into the game and I thought, you know, I was a, I played WoW for seven years, practically as a part-time job. I know that once you jump in, you should immediately get in and play some, com- get in there and do some combat. That was the truth of Guild Wars 2 and Wildstar and all this sort of stuff. But no, I got to talk to a dude. And he gave me some instructions on how to move. Then I tried to get into a city, but they told me I couldn't because I need more instructions for more people. So I wandered around looking for something to shoot. And after 20 minutes of realizing, no, I got to listen to a whole bunch of people give me tutorials in 2021 on how to do an MMO, the genre that's been around for almost two decades. And I went, okay, I'm done here. And I hit Alt F4 and I have not returned since. It looks pretty. It, it, the frame rate was nice. It, also, I have to laugh at the cutscene once your character gets in. I was like, didn't we do this for Skyrim? <laughs> with the uh, carriage, yeah. With, with the carriage? It's like, are you kidding me? And, you know, it's just, it was like, it was cutscene after cutscene, and I just went through them because I didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was in this to, you know, to, to see how the game played. Sure. And I get that a normal human playing this is going to want to absorb the story, but I always question is a 20 minute you know 20 minutes of cutscenes is that how you want to start a game and of course for the japanese the answer is yes uh yeah. not for me though That's um so i can't comment on the combat uh so i went on i, I mean i watched some of it i found a you know gameplay video and it's it looks cool but i just i found their design choices baffling really which is to say i found them very japanese fair and i, I bumped into the same problems that i have with all the final fantasy which is Everything takes forever to accomplish. Okay. And it's like designed for guys who are in 20 years of solitaire for murder and have nothing but their their console in front of them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but all I can say is it looks super good, mm-hmm. but the story seemed boring as hell, like just as generic fantasy as one could get, but with a Japanese twist. Standard anime creepiness, that just turns me right off. But I can't help but think that this game looks like a lot of fun for someone who can get past my hangups with the game. Yeah. So as somebody who can get past your hangups of the game, <laughs> I will absolutely agree. Buying 
Final Fantasy XIV is the worst part of Final Fantasy XIV. Getting your account set up and dealing with Mog Station or getting it on Steam, just like the whole experience is mm. a cluster. That is yeah. as simple as we can, and that is echoed across the entire player base of this game. Is the worst part of it is getting started. So then maybe uh, they should fix that. You know? Yeah. No, a hundred percent. People have been crying for it for years, as much as people have been crying for you know more transmog stuff. But that's a whole other story. And yeah. Anyways, so that that is terrible, awful, awful, absolutely awful. But once you've gotten into it, um, yeah, character creator fantastic there's a yeah. huge amount of sliders for that to customize your character exactly however you want and the characters Play look great yeah the models are fantastic um one of the things though with this game is that uh when you jump into it at the very beginning the style that this game is built in is as i said earlier an rpg mmo yeah. your character off the hop is important your character off the hop is meant to be this significant person in the story so that kind of pigeonholes them with the yeah. beginning of this game and as you know this game relaunched back in 2013 we have come quite a long ways even in the last you know, eight years now in terms of gameplay tell or gameplay explanations and storytelling explanations yeah. and tutorializations um but with the way that the story needs to kind of play out and the fact that they're sort of pigeonholed into this is how your character has to enter the story, yeah. they've, they're, they've locked themselves into not being able to change that until they revamp the story, which is allegedly what is supposed to be happening with this new expansion. Well, here's hoping. Yeah, so this expansion is supposed to be the end of the current story arc that's been playing since 2013 and the beginning of something completely new. Well, that's very cool. You know? Yeah. The one thing about an MMO, and the one thing that kept me coming back to WoW for the longest time, was that an MMO changes. Mm -hmm. We know that the player base doesn't like A, B, and C, but they love D, E, and F. So let's do that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it can't always happen at once, but slowly but surely it does happen. And then it, every MMO hits that point where it says, we have to start from scratch almost. So for World of Warcraft, it was Cataclysm where they rebuilt the world from scratch. They had just, over the, you know, over a decade, they had just made too many cheats and workarounds, trying to work off tech that at that point was 15 years old. And so at some point they had to say, we're starting over. And it worked, it worked brilliantly, whether you like the story or not, the way they rebuilt the game, essentially it's World of Warcraft too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're saying that with this new expansion, they're kind of doing that and they've already done it. But the fact that over eight years, people are still complaining about the same problems about it's really hard to get going. Well, you know, like uh, even like I, I want to give a shot to Fantasy Star Online 2. Mm, yeah, uh, which is an old game, but apparently they sort of rebuilt it for the for the Western audience. And I'm going to download that and give it a shot, because despite the fact that it's anime, apparently it's not creepy anime. Um, so I'm going to give that a shot. But, I, you know, it's brand new. So I'm kind of hoping it'll be. I don't know, interesting? <laughs> well, I mean... You never know, right? Yeah, exactly. You never know. And as as for um, as for Final Fantasy, with yeah. when it comes to the story, like I know you mentioned that it's very generic fantasy, and you're right. At the very beginning of it, it is very generic, very like, oh yeah, this is Western fantasy with uh, JRPG art. Yeah. Um, and it does do an exceptionally good job of investing the player into it over time. I mean, it takes probably... 40 hours to play through the base expansion uh, a realm reborn and then it's probably a solid 40 50 hours for each expansion after that as well 
uh, what I like that Final Fantasy has done is it goes out of its way to make you invested in the story. For a lot of other MMOs, and I'll speak specifically to WoW, a lot of people live by the adage that WoW begins when you hit the level cap. That is when you... For get some in- players, yeah, it does. Yeah. That is when you get into the higher end content. That is when you start you know, raiding and you get your dailies and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, the gameplay experience of Final Fantasy XIV is designed to start from you know minute one. They don't ever want you to just be kind of going, okay, well, I just I just want to get to the end. And there are players who don't give a damn about the story and just want to get to the end. And they have got. Uh, uh, level boosts for that so you can just take and completely skip the story and your character on one job is a max level just away you go yeah i think blizzard does that too for a while they you do. can throw them a few bucks and you know if you don't want to level up but yeah that's always a balance though for any mmo yeah. like how long do we make you endure endure in quotes the story mm-hmm. you know i've always i've always enjoyed getting there but then i'm the guy who took like eight months to level my wow character to 60 so hey that's that's just the way that it goes right and that's actually one thing that i I really really like about final fantasy is i am currently playing through the second expansion i'm at the end of it um it's called stormblood it's all very japanese and very cool but i hit the level cap yeah so then i turned around and said well I'm not going to get any more experience on this job. Guess I'll do an entirely different class now. And you can have every class in this game on one character. So oh, you wow. Can, yeah, you can turn around and you can be a tank. And when you're bored of tanking, you swap over to your DPS class. And when you're bored of that, you swap over to your healer class. Now, what happens when you swap? Do you lose your experience or do you come back? If you max out as a tank, then go to Archer. When you go back to tank, if you go back to tank, are you have to start from scratch or are you still where you were? Nope, you, you maintain that level. Oh, so, good. It is theoretically possible, and a lot of people do this, to have every class in this game at max level on one character. You know, that's a really interesting way to avoid the altaholic yep. problem where I've got a tank and I've got an archer and I've got this and I've got that. You did no, I just got me. What do you want me to be today? That's exactly. cool. Actually, I, I'm impressed with that. Yeah, uh, that, that got me as well. The ability to just say, like, I want to just do everything once. Uh, like a main story and then i can just level my other classes and just do whatever i like by the end and that goes the same for what would be in wow professions as well all the professions have their own classes with their own skills and their own abilities that you level through and their own storylines yeah um if you're the difference is if you if you swap and you change your mind and go back you got to start from scratch or at least you used to not anymore oh okay so they made even that easier yeah, so you, I've I've got you know one tank class sitting at max level. I've got another one at seventy. I've got a couple of gathering classes at like forty. You just you bounce around and do what you like that day. So that's interesting that that World of Warcraft is taking notes from these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Like this game is, I hear about it all the time, and I hear about it from all sorts of people. And my impression is the people who play this game play it damn seriously like people who have thousands and thousands of hours mm-hmm. into this game it's a little bit like wow in that it's like it's the game you play you know it, i'm not going to play video is. games i'm going to play final fantasy or i'm going to play wow yeah and you know maybe that's all at once what attracts me to mmos and scares me away from them that's fair you know but you know there's a lot of people who for them final fantasy 14 is their game that is all mm-hmm. that they play However, it comes with a design philosophy from the top that the devs are very open about that they expect people to stop playing. They expect people to do what they want in the current content and stop. 
yeah. it is designed with that in mind, which I respect the hell out of because it then takes the it takes the flip side of the coin of again, I'll come back to World of Warcraft where you need to be doing your dailies every single day for the entire duration of the patch yeah. or else you fall behind. Yeah, it, it wow, that's one of the reasons I left wow. It became a part-time job. Mm-hmm. And that should never, ever be the case. I mean, it's nothing like Eve, my God. No, she's... Uh, you know, Eve is practically a, a cult. But, I mean, not in the best possible sense, but it's it's crazy. <laughs> like, it's it's not a part-time job. There are people who do it as a job. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it, but this is... You know, every time... Like, the more you, t- you tell me about this game, the more it recommends to me, and yet I know I'm never going back. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of figured that that was where we were going to go with this. I figured that the aesthetic would probably make you bounce and that the beginning would make you bounce as well. Uh, The only thing that I can say is I I promise you, and it sucks to have to say this because I've said this about a few games in the past, but as soon as you sink the time in and you've gotten through the story to the point where it hooks you, it hooks you. So I I think that that's probably a a good little section on this. So do you you think that there's any chance you're going to go back to this or or nothing? Um, I do not subscribe to whippings will continue until the morale improves theory of gameplay. I probably won't. I maybe at some point, but that's fair. No time soon. That's fair. Well, we'll, we'll wrap this up then. I will definitely continue to play this. I I'm over 200 hours played in, in at this point. Uh, but for anybody who is interested in trying out final fantasy 14, this game does come with a free trial up to level 60 out of 80 wow. and the first two expansions. Uh, and oh, wow. So you can play every class in the game up to level 60, which is a reasonable point, uh, about 100 hours of content. And the only thing that you're locked out of is like the auction house or market board. So you can't sell things to other players and you can't join this game's version of guilds. That's more or less it. That's a pretty good deal. I That's think so, too. Yeah, so go give it a try. Absolutely. So there it is. 